Welcome to the Invest Smarter Podcast, where you'll learn about the power of building wealth through real estate and how you can achieve financial freedom through multifamily investing. If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com, and take advantage of our free ebook, Multifamily Millions, How Anyone Can Invest in Apartment Buildings. Now, here's our host, Simon Castillo. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Friday Look Back episode of the Invest Smarter Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Castillo, and this is my opportunity to provide you with my best insights into the world of real estate investing, business, and entrepreneurship. So as always, let me just uh, kick it off with a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, First of all, if you are interested in investing in real estate and earning passive income, right now is a fantastic time to get started, and we have open investment opportunities available uh, for both short-term and long-term opportunities Um, as a passive investor. uh, The best way to get started is to go over to our website at sastexascapital.com, download any of our free resources, eBooks, uh, white papers, or sign up for our newsletter. And that will get you onto our email list and you will be notified as soon as new investment opportunities are available. Or you can find out about current investment opportunities if you think you might be ready to, uh, to get started investing in real estate sooner rather than later. Uh, Again, that is sastexascapital.com. Download our free resources, sign up for the newsletter that will get you onto our email list and we'll notify you of new opportunities. And if you have questions, uh, always feel free to to contact me. My email is simon at sastexascapital.com. If you have questions about existing opportunities or just want to learn more about investing in real estate, um, shoot me an email and I'll be happy to uh, to respond and uh, uh, have a conversation. So now that we have that out of the way, uh, what I want to talk about today is this notion of of a soft landing. And uh, you know, with the Fed's recent announcement that they were pausing uh, any hikes in interest rates, at least for this uh, this go around, um, you know, it, it's got a lot of people thinking that uh, maybe rates will be. Uh, pause for a significant amount of time or even uh, start to uh, to be cut in the near future. You know, I, I recorded a whole podcast about that. Um, and if you're interested in hearing about that, it was just released this past uh, Tuesday uh, and talks about what my prediction is on, on interest rates. Uh, but what I want to talk about today is, is how the Fed is trying to keep inflation low without causing a recession. And that's really what a definition of a soft landing is. So, you know, the Fed has been raising interest rates, you know, frantically since March of last year, uh, trying to uh, pause or halt uh, the rate of inflation, uh, which by doing so, the Fed is risking uh, launching the economy into a recession. And and so the, the whole concept of a soft landing is that the Fed can somehow uh, walk this fine line between uh, raising interest rates and controlling inflation and not causing a recession. So a soft landing is where you can bring inflation down, you can slow down the economy without really a big increase in unemployment. Uh, but that sounds like it's, you know, that's a pretty hard thing to do for the Fed to accomplish. That's 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 pretty significant. Soft landings are rare uh, and they're rare for a reason. It's, it's very hard to do. And if you look back since World War II, 
um, you know, 1945, there's really only one time that you could conclusively say that we've had a soft landing uh, from an economic standpoint. Now, because of the term soft landing, I'm probably going to be using a plane, an airplane analogy, you know, throughout this, uh, throughout this podcast. So bear with me with, uh, with that analogy. But, you know, the way the Fed tries to achieve a soft landing is with interest rates. That's, that's really their primary tool. And a sign that it's trying to land the plane is when it stops raising rates, like last week when they announced that they were going to pause raising rates. Uh, the Fed held rates steady, uh, but said that there could be more rate hikes later this year. Um, and so the question continues to be, can the Fed actually pull, pull off a soft landing? Now, I actually, have a, I actually do have a friend of mine who's who's a pilot, and we were talking about this and this analogy of landing a plane. And what he told me was, you know, landing on a soft field is is dangerous to, to land a plane on a grass field because you don't know if there's been rain. Uh, you, don't, you don't know if it's going to be slick. Um, you could break an axle if the plane lands there because you don't know what the plane is going to hit. Um, and so that's kind of kind of what it's like if you want to go overboard, you know, with the aviation analogies. That's where we're going here by trying to land somewhere um, that we've never really tried to land uh, before. So as, as I mentioned, the latest news coming out of the Fed is that they're going to hold interest rates steady. Well, what does that really tell us about the U.S. economy? Well, they're holding interest rates steady because they're not really sure if they're going to have to raise rates again to slow down the economy, but they don't think that they have to do that right now. There are certain times where it's obvious uh, what they need to do. It was obvious last year that inflation was very high uh, and interest rates were very low. So the Fed just you know, raced to try to get things into a better balance. Right now, it's a little bit harder to read the economy. You know, the, the Fed has, has raised rates significantly over the past year and a half almost, but the economy is still probably growing faster um, than what a lot of economists thought would be possible. And thus the Fed is again, trying to achieve this soft landing. You know, the Fed primarily has two goals, uh, maintain low and stable inflation and maximum employment. And because of those goals, what those goals tell them is to, they have to try to bring inflation down without forcing millions of people to lose their jobs. And that's what they're shooting for. But it's, it's, it's difficult to do that when inflation has been as high as it's been. So you may be wondering, well, what, where does the phrase soft landing actually come from? And it actually, the soft landing term actually, you know, came up back in the early seventies, not that I was around in the seventies, but um, you know, from my research, uh, this was, this was a term that the Nixon administration um, actually used after the moon landing in 1969. And the, the whole premise was that you could just touch down just softly um, you know, you didn't want to fail to land on the moon, but you didn't want to drive the lunar module, you know, smash into the and, and smash into the center of a rock. So the Fed has tried to do this in the past. The Fed did achieve a soft landing in the mid 90s. They raised interest rates very aggressively and then they stopped in 1995. Um, and then they actually cut rates a few times later in 1995 and early 1996. But the economy was in an expansion uh, for another four or five years. And that was kind of a textbook example of a soft landing. Uh, inflation was not really a problem in the 90s, and we had a very good labor market. And so that makes people optimistic that 
you know, this, this soft landing could be achieved this time around as well. And you can see that by the, the, the reaction in the stock market, uh, consumer spending. Uh, you've seen th there's a lot of euphoria about the possibility of a soft landing over the last couple of months. And that's because primarily inflation has also been coming down uh, without a big increase in the jobless rate so far. But Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, has warned that the U.S. economy is still in a tricky spot. So what are, what are the main threats that, that we see right now? Primarily to achieve a soft landing, a lot has to go right at a time when a lot could still go wrong. So the first obstacle to a soft landing really is the Fed itself. If the Fed were to hold interest rates too high uh, or for too long, that could make the downturn uh, possibly worse than it needs to be. So how long is too long and how high is too high? Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the question that, that none of us can really answer, right? You know, I, I don't know what, what, what the answer is to that question, and no one really does in real time. It, it's something that uh, we'll only be able to look back on and, and answer. But, the, you know, the, the job of monetary policy is very difficult in a situation like the one that we're in right now, when everybody who wants to have a job can get a job and wage pressures are rising, then anything that boosts demand could immediately stoke inflation. So while the Fed has succeeded in lowering inflation from its highs last year, the economy is still running hot, which has economists worried that inflation could turn around and pick right back up again. I mentioned consumer spending, and if you just look at consumer spending, um, you know, U.S. consumers were spending the summer traveling, spending money on concerts, movies, catching, catching up on all the things that they weren't able to do the last few years because of the pandemic or, you know, any other variety of reasons. And there's been a lot uh, made of that, you know, and for good reason, you know, the consumer has been strong. You know, you would ask, what are the risks to a soft landing? And one of those risks is that the economy is just too strong. And the Fed that wants to put the economy into a slower growth phase, if you think about what a traditional growth rate for the U.S. economy is, it's usually estimated to be around 2%. And if we're going above that 2% mark, the Fed's going to be concerned that it's going to cause inflation. So anytime that we see growth running hotter than 2%, the Fed will look at that and say, you know, maybe we need to raise rates again, once or twice or, or more. And then there are factors that are outside of the Fed's normal purview that could interfere with a soft landing. So while the Fed can influence the U.S. economy through interest rates, there are things outside of its control. And one of those things is oil prices. Now, if oil prices were to go up quite a bit, that would be a very serious problem. And I'll give you an example. So if you think about diesel fuel that is run in a lot of things that we consume, they go to a meal at a restaurant, the food got to your table because it was probably in a truck powered by diesel. And so if oil prices rise, and they've been rising for the last few weeks, and if they were continue to rise, that could cause concerns in two directions. One would be higher gas prices are going to sap consumer spending. People will have to pause because of the cost of getting around, of traveling. That's gonna, that's gonna eat you know, into the consumer's wallet. So that's actually, that's something that could hurt uh, economic growth. And it's also something that could drive prices up because oil prices feed into so many other things that are sold across the economy. When you think about things that are out of the Fed's control uh, that could interfere with a soft landing, well, I would say oil prices would be you know, near the top of the list. Secondly, you know, there's also the risk of a financial market mishap 
um, you know, something going wrong in the financial markets that creates maybe a bigger pullback uh, in lending. The Fed is certainly trying to slow down lending, but they're trying to do it in a sort of a manageable, controllable, and orderly way. Now, we've seen the failures of some banks. Um, you know, Back in March, we saw the failure of Silicon Valley Bank. So we know that sometimes that isn't the case. Um, and if people are worried about whether their money is safe at a bank, well, that, that's going to lead to bank runs. And that's exactly the sort of thing that you might have seen or might have been worried about um, when interest rates uh, ran up uh, rather quickly. So I think for a lot of people, um, there's a fear or worry about the unknown. You know, what are the unknowns out there? Uh, you know, what other Silicon Valley banks are, are out there? Um, you know, what's, what are the things lurking out there that you're not really going to figure out until you get interest rates up as high as you have and then have these things start to unravel uh, and create some sort of a financial market cataclysm. You know, that's, that's been a worry, and I think for a lot of people for some time, some sort of a financial market meltdown. Uh, and uh, it, it may sound extreme to you, but if you, as I'm recording this, you know, the market has had two consecutive days, down days, uh, which are, is leading, uh, you know, currently leading September into one of the worst performing months in the stock market in some time. And uh, in fact, yesterday was the worst performing day in the stock market in almost six months. So it is, a, it is a possibility. So we know that we've had an extremely large rise in interest rates, but, and we don't really know how financial markets are going to digest um, this step back um, and think about the last 15 years. You know, for most of the last 15 years, interest rates were very low. And, and for a lot of people, uh, they just became used to having you know cheap cheap money uh, available, and the mantra on Wall Street, you know, interest rates are going to be lower for longer. And so when you make decisions thinking that interest rates are never going to get above three percent again, then here we are with interest rates, um, and they're you know six six and a half seven percent. Well, and now people are talking about higher for longer. Interest rates aren't going to come back down anytime soon. Well, all of those products that you structure those decisions into. Well, that made you think that interest rates would never go above three. And now we're talking about interest rates staying near, um, you know, six and a half, seven for a long time. Well, that is that could easily cause or help to create a financial market uh, meltdown. Again, a financial market meltdown is not something that we can predict. Um, it is something that may look obvious in hindsight, but uh, it is a risk to a soft landing for sure. So then there's so then there's the idea of well maybe maybe a soft landing is a little too optimistic but maybe we could do a soft-ish type of landing and I think the idea there is uh, maybe there's going to be a recession but it could be mild and you know you look back over history even some of the mild recessions that we've had have been pretty painful when you have the unemployment rate go up by a single point you're talking about millions of people losing their jobs, millions of people not being able to find work very quickly. So a mild recession really sounds to me like an oxymoron. So some economists though think that it may not be an economy-wide recession. And by that, I mean, you know, last year the housing market was flirting with the recession, uh, the freight market goods production for certain industries and uh, CEOs of these companies would tell you that they were in a recession, but when you looked at the broader economy, 
um, it really did not signal that we were in a recession. So if, if, if maybe the impacts are staggered across the economy where things can turn down and then come back up across different segments of the economy, well, maybe you find some sort of a soft landing, so to speak, uh, in that kind of a scenario. But again, when will we know if the Fed has made a successful soft landing? Well, um, that could be in another year, maybe even a year and a half. So, so you know, I could I could revisit this topic in October of 2024, and maybe by then we'll be able to start to see if maybe the soft landing has taken hold or not. But until then, um, as as I've uh, mentioned on on previous podcasts, I, I think there is going to be some pain. Uh, in front of us, uh, th there will be some impacts uh, from higher rates, as I believe the Fed will be forced to continue to raise rates into 2024. But as investors, we just have to be prepared to continue to stress test our deals, uh, be ready when opportunities present themselves, um, and make sure that that um, we are analyzing our deals at current interest rates and not predicting um, that we will be able to reset our interest rate uh, to a lower amount anytime in the near future. And that's going to do it for uh, this Friday look back episode of the Invest Smarter podcast. Hopefully you found some value in what we talked about today, uh, the Fed interest rate uh, uh, direction and soft landing. If you learned something, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Uh, share this episode with a friend, someone that you think could benefit from, uh, from sharing this knowledge. Uh, and as always, thank you for listening, and we will talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the Invest Smarter Podcast, the show that educates you so that you can take control of your financial future. Be sure to rate the show five stars and leave us a review. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you automatically receive the newest edition of the podcast when it's released. If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate and taking control of your financial future, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com and take advantage of our free ebook, Multifamily Millions, How Anyone Can Invest in Apartment Buildings. And be sure to sign up for our mailing list to receive exclusive investment opportunities straight to your inbox. It's time to invest smarter. That's sastexascapital.com.